0: Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. my name the
1: It all came down to one final shot. A shot that looked like it had a shot of going in, but it didn't harrison barnes miss at the very end of the game seals the loss for the kings the win for the warriors and a series that's now tied at two and if there's any one definitive statement harry and i will both make it's that even though we predicted this series in two different ways we both still think we're right fitz and harry on espn radio the espn app SiriusXM xm channel lady We're presented by Progressive Insurance. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. You guys can chime in on this. 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. It is wildly clear by now, Harry, that there is one series. There's one series that everybody has had. Like, it's destination viewing. It's the Warriors and it's the Kings. It's the drama. It's the endings. For the second time in this series, we get a a chance and a last-second shot that can win it all. But this time, the Kings can't hit the shot. The Warriors get the win, 126-125. Series tied at two. We're past to three now. How you feeling?
2: I'm feeling pretty good, Fitz, because remember I told you when the Warriors were down 2 0. If this series gets tied up 2 2, when it goes back to Sacramento, ooh, 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 like the ooh, 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 the Sacramento Kings might be in trouble because the Warriors were able to win game three without Draymond Green. And then in game four, he was able to come off the bench and then be an early spark to the Golden State Warriors. But then, the one common piece to it all is that the Kings have not been able to slow Steph Curry down. So, Chef Curry was cooking. And when I mean cooking, he was cooking all day long yesterday. Series tied 2-2. Different series now. And you already know who I picked to win it. Warriors! Warriors, warriors, you may proceed, my man. Okay,
1: see, here's the thing. You know one thing about me at this point. I I was a little brother growing up, right? And if there's Mm -hmm. any one trait of little brothers that we know... It's that it doesn't matter how wrong we seem in the moment, we <laughs> just dig in more, right? Like, you just look at it you're like, uh-uh. I worried. Uh, let me tell you something. I, I was sitting on set watching the end of this. Like, uh, God love Chris Cologne, who's one of our producers behind the scenes, works really hard on digital. He's going to be producing us night one of the NFL draft. He was trying to talk to me about XFL today. I had the end of the game pulled up on my phone, and I may have gotten a little snippy when I was like, Chris, you are going to have to wait. I am watching the end of this game. And I was ready. I was so ready to get in the Fitz and Harry group thread. I mean, I had the text already (laughs) just to press one button. All I needed was one bucket to go in. And it felt like, you mentioned Steph Curry was cooking. Well, maybe he should have spent a a little less time thinking about his recipes and more time thinking about what timeouts they had left because he called a timeout (gasps) they didn't have left, led to a tech. All right, all of a sudden you see that, and then he takes a shot with too much time left on the clock near the end of the game. And and all of a sudden, the Kings have a real shot at winning this thing. I was ready to troll the world with a 3-1 lead. I was ready. Ready to come out and say Sacramento's up 3-1. This series is over. You know nothing about basketball. You don't know, Paul. I was ready for all of it, Harry. And one little shot goes awry, and all of a sudden I'm back here. But I'm okay, still dug I, in. I gotta
2: ask you a question. Who who shot that shot for the Sacramento Kings? It doesn't matter. Just answer the question. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who shot the shot. I, well, mean, then why then I tell you? The, It was Harrison Barnes. And so let me tell, Harrison Barnes let me tell you about the history. Okay. Let me tell you about the history of Harrison Barnes. Starting mm-hmm. with that exact game. Three for 11 from the field, nine points. My gosh, atrocious. Let's go all the way back to 2015. Wait,
1: wait, 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 wait. my gosh, atrocious. Why did you suddenly become a sorority girl there? Like, atrocious. my gosh, atrocious. All right. Atrocious.
2: Then <laughs> so let me take you back to 2015 2016 season, right? When the Golden State Warriors, when Harrison Barnes was on that team and they were playing in the NBA Finals the year they were up 3 1 against LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Let's go to game five for Harrison Barnes, right? Two for 14 from the field, shot 14%. Let's go to game six for Harrison Barnes. 0 for eight from the field, shot 0%. Let's go to game seven. Maybe he could give us something for game seven. Maybe, just maybe he can give the Warriors something in game seven when he was playing with the team at the time. Three for 10 field goals, 30%. So those last three games in the NBA Finals for Harrison Barnes, he was 5 for 32 field goal wise and shot 15 percent, and De'Aaron Fox believe in Harrison Barnes, the same guy that was 3 for 11 in that game, no, 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 I'm sorry D. Fox, I'm sorry D. Fox, you were averaging 31.5 points per game. I don't give a damn if it was the right play. I would have took my chances with De'Aaron Fox shooting that basketball at the end because he has made tough shots time and time again in that series. I mean, Harrison I'm, Barnes had told us he will let you down on numerous of occasions and you know how you know how I know he'll let you down Fitz I lost so much damn money back in 2015-2016 because Harrison Barnes couldn't step up in any of the last three games of the NBA Finals
1: he's Harry Douglas I'm Jason Fitz, and if Harry lost a lot of money that's catastrophic for us because I mean that's just like that's, <laughs> but I'm watching the replay on this and I feel like this is the equivalent of saying all right well you know if Evan was playing one-on-one on you know legs Evan should heave <laughs> the ball up, like, Draymond was right there. There was no room to shoot the ball for De'Aaron Fox. There was no good shot he was in. The best shot he was going to have was doing some weird two-handed overhead heave thing that wouldn't have worked. I mean, he did, he lost the dribble a little bit, put himself out of position. I, I'm with you, but let me just take the other side of it. I mean, this year, uh, Harrison's shooting 37% from three, and, you know, he he finished one for six. Statistically, he was dude. Like, he this could have gotten playoffs. that one, would have put them right... This right, the is well, the, this the, play- playoffs. It's the playoffs. This is the regular season. This the playoffs. Playoffs! <laughs> this is the playoffs! All right, but here's the thing like the other side of looking at it yes I will give Golden State all the credit for the way they brought just the thunder of the gods in game 3 and they smacked the Kings around without Draymond I saw it you saw it we all saw it game 4 man, Sacramento gave every time there was a punch, Sacramento gave a counterpunch. So now I'm watching a team that I'm supposed to be all in awe of because of their championship pedigree, and they're still the team with the championship pedigree that needed every ounce of that to okay, get the one-point win over Sacramento <laughs> in a game where Steph Curry suddenly forgot, like, I don't know, the basic rules of basketball. So if if the same mistakes would have been made by De'Aaron Fox, oh my God, this morning we would be like, well, the Kings don't have enough championship yes. experience to know how to win. The team yes. with experience almost blew it. Now they have to go on the road. I don't know if you've checked this out or if you've heard me mention it 18 billion times, but the Warriors on the road, are it's S-U-C-K suck, suck, suck. That's all they do on the road. I still like Sacramento. Two of the last three games going to be in Sacramento? Oh, Oh, there ain't no
2: chance. This thing's over. Well, let me just say this. If the Sacramento Kings decide that they don't want to go out there and win game five, this series is probably going to be over. Oh, you have lost your mind. This series is going to be over.
1: You're telling me if Sacramento doesn't win the next game, they're done?
2: Yeah. They're done.
1: (laughs) Nope, no, I'm not buying it. I buy that no. this Sacramento team can win two straight from Golden State. They've done it before. They almost did it last night.
2: I mean, why they not? All, all, see, I'm so glad. You said Steph Curry didn't have a timeout, called timeout, almost cost costing the game. Well, there's this song that goes this way, Fitz. Almost doesn't count. <laughs> they won the game. They okay. still found a way to win it. And if it wasn't for that guy who called the timeout, Steph Curry, who had 32 points and shot, I think it was 5 for 11 from the three-point line. They wouldn't even been in it. I had a chance, but let me talk about Clay Thompson, woo, the other Splash Brother. Twenty six points. Jordan Poole, twenty two points. Kavon Looney, eight points, fourteen rebounds, six assists. Andrew Wiggins, eighteen points.
1: Woo. Warriors, you know what all that greatness got you? A lucky win. That's it. Like, you needed all this greatness from the Warriors to get a lucky win at the end. That, that's what we're talking about you, here. Can I
2: ask you this? Mm-hmm. Yep. What about game one when the Warriors didn't shoot, you know, particularly well? And they still had an opportunity to win Game One. Well, Game One you was just going to ignore that. You Sacramento was them?
1: just getting their feet wet. Uh, just, <laughs> Sacramento <laughs> was just getting comfortable in Game One. You know, they're just getting that playoff experience. Steph Curry, by the way, at his press conference afterward talked about calling the timeout when they didn't have any left. I
2: knew we, I, I knew we challenged, but I didn't realize when we lost the challenge that we didn't have any timeouts left. Um, I know Coach mentioned um, he took the blame for it. As I ain't going to lie, I thought it was the smartest play in the world. Uh, when I got the ball, turned around, saw a trap, realized there was no real outlets instead of turning it over. It's kind of the uh, the heady play, but it turned out not to be. I looked over at the bench and everybody was shaking their head. <laughs> <clears throat> so it was a unfortunate situation in that respect, but good learning lesson. Thankfully, we, we came away with the win, but good learning lesson on how important all those details are.
1: Yeah, Steph talking about it, and everybody can laugh about it because they still got the win uh, in the end. But uh, look, it's now a best-of-three series. Two of yes. those three games will be played in Sacramento. So I am feeling pretty well, good. Can, can I say this really yeah, quick, mm-hmm.
2: too? I, I don't think the Sacramento Kings can go for it with, you with know, two guys in their starting lineup who, who can score the basketball effectively, um, shoot the ball very, very well, having 11 points combined. Harrison Barnes had nine points. Kevin Herter had two. Those guys are going to have to be able to make their shots because, number one, their shots are going to be limited because of De'Aaron Fox, and you have Sabonis. And I was proud of Keegan Murray. He stepped up big in that game yesterday, finally found his groove. So when your shots are limited, if you're Harrison Barnes or if you're Kevin Herter, you have to make your baskets count. Malik Monk did a phenomenal job coming off the bench. Also, Davion Mitchell uh, scoring 12 points, but also defending Steph Curry. And even though Steph had 32 points, it's not like he's making it easy for Steph. He's still making Steph work on the defensive end. So I'm looking forward to actually seeing this this game five. I think it's going to be a a good one. Uh, It's back in Sacramento, right? Back in Sacramento. Back in Sacramento. You know, the cowbells will be out in that whole nine.
1: I got a fever. The only prescription? Is a Kings win. It's still happening. You heard it here first. All right. One team is in a must-win tonight, and they're lucky to be at full strength. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio
0: and the ESPN app. After the Kings win games one and two at home, the Warriors respond by taking games three and four in San Francisco. Now we return to Sacramento for a critical game five. Coverage begins Wednesday at 9.30 Eastern on ESPN Radio. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Presented by Indeed. and Harry, the podcast. My left stroke just went viral. LeBron just got hit below the belt by Dylan Brooks. LeBron is down on the floor. That the contact by Brooks to James. is unnecessary
2: and excessive. He has been issued a flagrant foul penalty too and has been ejected from the
0: game. Wow. Call LeBron old oh, so you know, be careful what you ask for.
2: Be humble.
0: Holla, holla Sit holla, down. Leon. Three on one. LeBron taking flight! Oh! Sitting with his chest! Flight six! I'm not here for bullshit. sit down.
1: We knew it would be a heated game. We knew that it would take everything Memphis could have. And frankly, we didn't get to see that play out. Dylan uh, Brooks ejected in that game. And it only makes the drama off the court continue to rise in a series that has gotten wildly contentious. Fitz and Harry on ESPN radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit slash careers. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. And look, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm dug in on this whole Kings thing. That's not going too well for me. Said before the playoffs that there was no chance that the Bucs uh, didn't represent the East in the NBA Finals. Uh, they're losing their series right now. And of course, the most. Uh, I'm the not most, worried about them, though. Uh, not me either. This point, but the loudest of all of my predictions was that the Lakers would be done uh, it, before they could even get out of the first round. Well, they uh, they have a two games to one lead over Memphis, and it's not just that they have the two games to one lead. It just it's also that it feels like Memphis is just spiraling out of control, while the Lakers are just asserting their dominance. The more the most recent uh, version of this is Dylan Brooks swiping for the ball, the basketball, and uh, uh I'm, about to say, you know, I'm which, just uh,
2: you know which which one of ones.
1: Well, I, I th- we thought we did all of this on Friday, but now we get to bring it back for another player. So he was swiping for the basketball, and he hit LeBron in the Bronies. Uh He hit LeBron in the King's <laughs> Crown Jewels. He hit LeBron in the Mike and Ikes, the Skittles. Uh, the Boston Baked Beans. Oh, the Boston Baked Beans. Uh, got the Tootsie Rolls. Uh, so uh, LeBron <laughs> went down flailing uh, for all of his drama. He does own a movie company, after all. And, uh, and uh, went down after getting hit. But most importantly, Dylan Brooks ejected from the game. He won't face the suspension, but he was assessed a flagrant two foul, ejected for the shot to LeBron's groin, as they say very professionally on watch ES, uh, on the ESPN app right now, Harry. But uh, this is that moment you said one of the biggest concerns was could they play within their emotion, and the answer for Dylan Brooks felt like it was no in
2: game three. Well, here's the thing for Dylan Brooks, right? He played 19 minutes. It may have been a great thing that he got ejected because he was shooting three for 13 from the field. <laughs> He, he had one more shot than Jaron Jackson Jr., which I don't understand how the hell that works out, but then one less shot than Desmond Bain. If you get to that point in a basketball game where Dylan Brooks is taking one more shot than Jaron Jackson Jr. and only one less than Desmond Bain, you're probably going to be in trouble if you're the Memphis Grizzlies, I'll yeah, be honest with
1: well, you. And I felt that watching it because you've talked about that so much. Playoff basketball is about, like, do your job. Know your job. Do, do your exactly role, what you're supposed to do in your role. And I'm watching him heave up shots thinking this was not the way anybody drew it up, right?
2: No, it reminded me of last season in the playoffs, and I actually wrote it down in game one versus the Warriors last season in the playoffs. He was 3 for 13 from the field. Game four, he was 5 for 19 from the field with four turnovers. So he has to understand, in these big moments, you're there to play defense and to make baskets here and there. I, I, I don't think you, Dylan Brooks needs to be taking anywhere between 12 and 15 shots a game. I think at most, 10 shots. In those 10 shots, probably seven or eight of them need to be wide the hell open. Just, be, just being honest with you, not saying that he can't score, but, you know, you're there to be a defensive stopper to harass your opponent in which you can't poke the bear in LeBron James. He actually punched the bear in LeBron James this game as well and got ejected from the game. So I don't know when it comes to Dylan Brooks, there's a range of, uh, of emotions right now. I think he needs to get those under control and not let it hurt his team in a negative way. As we've seen it uh, do last game.
1: Yeah, he poked the bear and then he punched the gummy bears. Uh, so that's just what's going to happen to you <laughs> at this point. Gets the flagrant, too. Now, I want you to hear two different things that Dylan Brooks said. Before we play this, though, I want to remind everybody when Dylan Brooks did poke the bear, what did you and I say at the time? Loved it. We said, hey, go out there, talk your talk, pee yourself. Right. You got to let Dylan Brooks pee himself. But you better back it up. Uh, uh, Right. You better back it up. What's amazing to me, though, is that after the game, Dylan Brooks did not speak to the media. He refused to talk to anybody and then later was made available. And this is the first thing I want you to hear about who he says is creating this villain character.
0: The media making me a villain, the fans making me a villain, and then that just creates a whole different persona on me. So now you think I intended to hit LeBron James in the nuts. I'm playing basketball, a basketball player. So if I intended, and that's whatever the, whatever is in the fragrant two um, uh, category of having a Fragrant two, and you think I did that, that means you think I'm that type of person. And that's why I don't rate Mark Taylor at all.
2: Let let, let, let me say this, though, because I don't think Dylan Brooks intentionally hit LeBron James in the go-nats. I I do believe he was trying to make a basketball play and trying to, you know, steal the basketball. On the flip side of this, though, the media didn't, didn't make you Dylan the villain. That's the role that you've accepted, and that's the role that you've been playing. That's the role that you've been embracing. So that's you, my man. We're just feeding off of it. That's all.
1: And that's a part that really bothered me about it cuz like I agree with you. I don't think watching the replay back even in as if you're watching us on the stream right now. Uh, look, I don't think he was trying to hit him in the whoppers. It just happened, right? And so at some point, and I don't know why they're always candies when I make these things, but uh, <laughs> but at some point this is it comes back to I've said this a million times, but uh, everybody talks about perception as reality. The thing that Kenny Rogers taught me years ago is that perception you have to ask yourself in this situation because you were part of creating that reality like whatever that perception is you were part of creating and now you have to live in a reality that you helped create there's no ownership of his own actions in this if he just turns around and blames the blames the media in fact that's not the only time he really took away any blame to himself this is what he said about not getting suspended but most importantly about why he thinks he was thrown out
0: I didn't even focus on that. I knew I wasn't going to be, you know, they can't dictate the series like that, you know. Um, And, you know, Mark probably had to call that because of what happened yesterday with James Harden. And that's just unfair, you know. and I get penalized, and, you know, I can't help my team, you know, try to make a comeback in the second half.
1: So he's saying he was only ejected because of the hardened ejection for a backhand also to the groin area.
2: It's okay to just say, you know what, I got to be better. Um, I can't put my team in this situation and move on. But also, when I, look at the, when I look at the Memphis Grizzlies and their bench, bro, their bench only had 12 points versus, you know, The Lakers bench who had 25 points. Tyus Jones was 0 for 7, and I love Tyus Jones in this game, but I don't think you're going to win that way. You know, Jaron Jackson Jr. didn't have a monster game. Dylan Brooks got ejected. He basically shot the Memphis Grizzlies out of the game a little bit. But then your bench wasn't that spark for you, so – Yeah, you're going to end up losing the game to the Los Angeles Lakers, who had LeBron James uh, and also Anthony Davis, who dominated.
1: Well, and now Memphis is on the ropes. They're down two to one in this series. They play tonight, 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Obviously, they are on the ropes. They get a win tonight. I totally agree with you. They get a win tonight. The whole tone changes. You got three games. You're going best of three. Two of those games are in Memphis. A lot of travel. There are some positives you could take there. But if they lose tonight, this thing's almost over. I want to get to the Lakers side of it. There's one person, only one person, that's been as loud as me on the Lakers' demise. And he's, he's supported me this whole way. We'll see if he's ready to jump on LA's bandwagon. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
0: and 2 at home, the Warriors respond by taking games 3 and 4 in San Francisco. Now we return to Sacramento for a critical game 5. Coverage begins Wednesday at 9.30 Eastern on ESPN Radio. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on SiriusXM Channel 80. Presented by Indeed.
1: It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, SiriusXM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Hopefully, I can get some comfort here because I'm just getting my ass kicked through this whole NBA playoffs. It's not working. None of my predictions, Harry. Every single one—if I predict it, it just
2: goes wrong. So far, uh, I still, what did I try? What, did I, what have I been trying to tell you? Do, do to me coach. a favor. Grab, grab your phone and no. and read that picture that I sent you. Just read me what it says at the top of the picture. Uh, so Harry I sent out
1: a picture. Uh, the Douglas. Don't, just don't
2: tell him I said it. Just just read what what it says.
1: It says the Douglas Brothers Gymnasium. Okay.
2: Yeah. right. Whose last name is that again? Okay. yeah,
1: Wow, you played high school (laughs) basketball. I'm like, what am I supposed to be impressed by? Uh, You played high school basketball. This is what I deal with every day. You know what? If I tell
2: you a pigeon could pull a Mack truck, don't ask me no questions. Just hook that son of a... Own up. That you is just hook the most up.
1: southernism right there. Let's see if Tim BonTEMPS has ever hooked a pitch into a Mack Mac truck or can help me here. ESPN NBA reporter Tim, we've had some bonding moments over what I felt. You know, a week and a half ago, was I had extreme confidence that the Lakers were going out in the first round. Now they're up two games to one. I'm watching Memphis implode in front of my very eyes. What should my level of concern be about my Menchie's?
0: I mean,
3: I would say that fits. That I mean, obviously if if the Lakers are able to win this game today, uh, they're going to have a stranglehold on the series right up three to one. But if Memphis can get this game today, and I think the Grizzlies are very capable of doing so, it's a 2-2 series, and Memphis has two of the three home games. And on top of that, you're going to have games every other day with about 2,000 miles of travel each way with a much younger, and in theory better, better equipped to handle that, Memphis team uh, going up against an older Lakers team that could wear down under having to play every other day over the course of a week with a lot of travel in between. So, you know, I thought the Lakers, to win this series, had to be up 2-1 after three games going into this five-game in nine-day stretch, potentially, to close it out. They obviously got the win on Saturday, and we'll see if they can back it up with another win today. But the Grizzlies, I think, are more than capable of winning a game. We'll just see if they're able to put together the kind of performance that are required to, to get one tonight.
2: And Tim, what did you think about the Memphis Grizzlies in their bench? Right, those guys only had, they only had twelve points coming off the bench compared to the Lakers' twenty-five. Do you think moving forward they'll be able to win this series not getting a lot of production from the bench?
3: I mean, I think their bench production obviously didn't help. Perry. I mean, I I think what the the Grizzlies what the Grizzlies need to win this series is for John Morant to keep playing the way he did in Game Three and they need to limit Anthony Davis, right? That's really what this thing comes down to. If Anthony Davis is the best player on the court, instead going into the series, the series is pretty simple. If Anthony Davis is the best player on the court, the Lakers should win every game that happens in, right? Two of the games, he's been the best player. Game two, he was not really there, and that's how the series sits right now, right? It's 2-1. to one. But you saw, obviously it was a bit of garbage time, so it's a little inflated. I'm not too... Concerned if I'm the Lakers that John Moran scored 22 straight points um, in game three. But to me, the the jaw we saw, especially in the second half of that game, that's the guy that I thought had the chance to dominate this series because the, the Lakers really don't have anybody to guard him. And I think one of the interesting things you talk about the bench production, you know, Luke Kennard played 25 minutes at four points in game three to me. I would really be thinking about playing him more than Dylan Brooks in game four and having him space in the four as one of the best three-point shooters in the league to give Ja more room to operate. So whether he's coming off the bench or not, I do think a guy for fans to watch going into this game is Luke Kennard and if he could get going because if he starts hitting some outside shots and Des Bain's hitting some outside shots and Jaw's getting to the rim, all of a sudden the Grizzlies are a much different looking offensive team.
1: We're talking to Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA reporter. on Fitz and Harry. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. All right, let's move to the Kings Warriors. Tied up 2-2. Uh, the most drama so far that we've had in any series. How do you like this one so far? What do you see playing out?
3: I mean, this has been an iconic first-round series. And to me, like, I think the Warriors are going to win the next couple games. I think they're going to win this series. But to me, guys, the real takeaway from this, from a 10,000-foot level, is the Sacramento Kings are legit. And we, we spent all year kind of waiting to see them fall apart, right? Nobody really believed in them being able to sustain the level of success they had. You All you heard over the final few weeks of the regular season was, oh, you got to line up to play the Kings, right? Like, people didn't want to play Memphis. They didn't want to play Phoenix. They didn't want to play Denver. It's like, you want to get in that 3-6 matchup with Sacramento. That's where you want to be. And we've seen them take every single thing Golden State's thrown at them, and they played them to a draw. I know the Warriors struggled on the road this year, I thought Golden State played really well in those games in Sacramento. I thought the Kings just played better. You saw the Kings go right down to the wire with them in game four yesterday with, you know, some legendary players throwing everything at them to try to save their season and tie this thing up going back to Sac for game five. So I've just been hugely impressed by the Kings, and regardless of what happens over the next couple games, whether they win this series or not, that's my big takeaway from this series is I really believe now in what Mike Brown is doing with the Kings. And if they do manage to win two of these next three games, like whether they get Memphis or the Lakers in the next round, like be aware of thinking that's a good thing that if Sacramento wins the series, because to me, they've just been incredibly impressive. And, you know, I certainly didn't think they were going to be able to perform like this on this kind of stage. And it's, it's made for an incredible series. And I, I really can't wait to watch these final two or three games.
2: The Knicks are up 3-1 versus the Cavs. Jalen Bronson has been phenomenal. I say the name Jalen Bronson, a lot of people whisper, well, the Knicks should have had Donovan Mitchell. Still waiting for him to show up in a massive way in this series. <laughs> the Knicks made the right decision, right, Tim?
3: Look, I said last summer, I thought the Knicks made the right move not trading all their stuff for Donovan Mitchell. And I think the way this season has played out, and the way the series has played out has backed that up. Um, you know, Donald Mitchell's a great player, but if you go back to the early 2010s, the Knicks traded everything they had to get Carmelo Anthony, right? And they didn't have enough to add around him to make their team a true championship level team. Those those Knicks teams were really good. They're the best Knicks teams of this uh, millennium, but they're not, they were never a team that you looked at as a real threat to the East. Right? They were never going to beat the LeBron Heat. They were never really going to contend with the LeBron Heat. And this Knicks team is deep. They've got a bunch of young players that are really good and fun. They are playing really well for Tom Thibodeau. And they are set up for the first time since the 99 finals, in my opinion, to really be a championship-caliber team. Because you add Jalen Brunson as a free agent You get Julius Randle a couple years ago as a free agent You draft and develop all these players across the roster. And now you can turn around and when one of these you know, superstar players is available via trade sometime in the next few years or as a free agent, they have tons of draft capital. They have tons of young players. They have a team that's on the rise with guys like Jalen Brunson that guys are going to want to play with. They have everything in place to get the kind of player to put this team over the top and truly make it a championship-caliber team. And you look across the way at the Cavs, right, Cleveland went all in to get Donovan Mitchell. And I love that trade for the Cavs because they can't get that kind of talent to come to Cleveland otherwise. But you look at where the Cavs are right now, a big reason why they're down 3-1 to in this series is they do not have good enough talent on the wing at that fifth spot next to Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, Mitchell, and Darius Garland. So the Knicks are able to just basically leave that guy alone and double-team their guards all the time, right? Because the Cavs traded everything to get Donovan Mitchell, it's going to be very hard for them to find that fifth guy to fill out that lineup. And that's sort of the position that the Knicks may have been in if they made the Donovan Mitchell trade last summer. And it's why, sort of regardless of what happens in the rest of the series, so obviously the Knicks should win it, I think the Knicks are really well positioned to make a real push at being a championship-level team for the first time in literally a generation.
1: Tim, as always, we appreciate your expertise, your insight, my friend. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Anytime, guys. Talk to you soon. That's Tim SP ESPN NBA reporter. Gave me a little hope there on Memphis. I feel a little better about everything now. Suddenly, there's a in of light. At the, there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Well, it's all you, happening you, for me. you
2: just relax. That game is at 10 p.m. tonight, right? Okay, yeah, that's, yeah. 10 p.m. tonight. Well, about 1 a.m. You let me know how you feel feeling at Okay.
1: 1 well, I, you know, can I let you know the next morning on the way to the gym because I'm going to watch it on replay? as I get, <laughs> It's past my bedtime. Come on. All right, I'll coming up. up. I'll be up. One <laughs> NFL quarterback still waiting for his fully guaranteed deal, while another tells us why. It wasn't worth the wait. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
0: Fitz
2: and Harry, the podcast.
0: breaking NFL news a mega payday for Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts he and the team agreed on a five-year 255
1: million dollar extension
0: the fact that this checked in at less than what Kyler Murray got a year ago from a practical guaranteed standpoint I don't know how you can look at this as a win
2: He's earned it, not just because of his exceptional play on the field, but his leadership as well.
3: He outplayed Patrick Mahomes in that Super Bowl. He got the Eagles to the Super Bowl, and he deserves every single bit of that contract.
1: It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM lady. I love Harry's white music dance. It's always interesting. What are we doing there? Like Harry's got like tongue sort of hanging outside his mouth. Now he's doing like the swim. You realize that this is not a song from the fifties or sixties, okay? This, you know, do I do my hip hop dance? Like every time we play, every time we play urban music, do I get up and give you my twerk? Do I twerk,
2: Harry? Whoa, just urban music and twerk. What? What do you have going on over there? What the hell is going on today? Things get a little weird over <laughs> here in the studio.
1: You'll find out when you're in studio with us on Thursday and Friday. Like
2: you I don't, know. you do know, like music that you twerk to. We, it's called twerking music, right? Yeah, but, well, I mean, it, it,
1: I can I can twerk to the hip and the hop, right? It's, I can. To, to all of it, to the you should uh, be
2: able to twerk to this though. Uh, well, I well, mean, you shouldn't be twerking. Period. Yeah, I don't Let, a, Let's put that out in the atmosphere. I, I, you shouldn't be twerking at all. Let's just be
1: very real. I don't have the cheeks to clap. All right, so it's left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right,
2: left, left, left right, left, you. right, left, Excuse right, left, right. What?
0: Excuse me.
1: What? <laughs> what? Oh man. What? Oh, yeah, we're presented
2: by <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh. <laughs> a little off the rails. Is that, a, is, is, is that a culture thing, Fitz? Oh, man.
1: Okay, so. Oh. Oh. Oh.
2: Oh. 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 oh.
1: <laughs> All right, my God, I can't stop this fast enough, America. I'm sorry I did this. Uh, Jalen Hurts spoke to the media today, uh, much wealthier than the last time anybody had the chance to speak to him. We all know that he just signed a mega contract, uh, but there's a there's a question and answer that is already making the rounds all over the world wide web. I think you will appreciate this. This is uh, just hear you know what how he responds when a reporter asks him a very normal question about getting paid.
0: The Super Bowl, you, you had a purpose before anybody had an opinion. Now you're the highest paid player
3: in the league. I mean, how satisfying is that
2: for you? Yeah, I think uh money is nice, championships are better. All right, Harry. What do you think you hear it? What do you think? Man, I just listen, there's just something about Jalen Hurts. He's the type of person that attracts any and everyone because its mindset he, in, in so many words, he's saying he's thankful, but he's not satisfied because there is a, another common goal um, in which he wants to accomplish, and that's winning the Super Bowl. And when you get to the Super Bowl and you can semi-taste victory, but it doesn't go through, I think you are your, your mindset is just at, on another level because you want to get back there and you want to accomplish the mission. So he's happy that he that he's, was able to get his money, and that money's life-changing. But he also knows why he plays the game of football, and it's for the love of it. And f- since you're four or five years old, you play the game because you want to win a Super Bowl one day. And Jalen Hurts has a feeling that he can taste that and had a little taste of it, uh, but came up short. But now it's time to you know, go back to work and try to accomplish the goal.
1: Well, you know, when you start talking about these contracts with quarterbacks and the expectations, it's just a reminder that it just seems like certain guys are immune to all of it. Like, the expectations, the pressure, all of it. They just seem immune to it. Jalen seems like one of those. Now, anytime we talk about quarterback contracts, the first question, especially in the Lamar Jackson world, is about guaranteed money. This is what Hertz said at his press conference about why he chose a structured contract that was longer and not fully guaranteed.
2: Well, obviously, I think... Um... You look at all the great teams around there, and I won't get too much into detail, but you look at all the great teams and great players. Um, it takes a village. It takes a village. And um, you know, I know that last year, I mean in my first three years, but just, just playing around the different guys that I've been able to play around, um, we got something special going on and um, you know, we 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 all wanna do it for a long time. So that was important to me to, to to take that approach with it. He understands and notices surroundings, right? And is Jalen Hurts a good quarterback? Yes, he is. But he also understands that it takes the offensive line being good as well to get to a Super Bowl level. It also takes the wide receivers to, to play a pivotal role. It takes, you know, running backs. It takes a defense. That is one of the best in the National Football League and being able to have pass rusher. It takes a secondary in which they were able to keep Bradbury and Darius Slate, right? He understands what it takes to get to that level to 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 win a Super Bowl. And they were actually there. So the way he wanted his deal was to not compromise something great that they have going on at the moment.
1: I think the important thing here is he made that decision, right? Not every quarterback has to make that same decision. Like it's Facts. not not my job to sit here and tell what and tell anybody what they should prioritize. I will say that I think we've all been in situations. You've been on teams or in work environments. There have been situations in ESPN where like it's not about the cash you're making; it's about the people you're making it with. And certainly, when you're in the middle of one of those special moments, you want to you want to let that play out as long as possible. Now, if that's your situation and you love the guys you're playing with and you choose to take less, that the more power to you. I don't think that's a decision every quarterback has to make. You know, it's it's just interesting because sometimes you have that special moment in time where the the just the people around you and the surroundings make less money worth it for people.
2: Well, I'll say Jalen Hurts did what was best for him. Um, you know, when Justin Herbert is up, he's going to do what's best for him. He, uh, Joe Burrow the same thing. Lamar Jackson they're going to do what's best for them. But I think you know Jalen, Jalen Hurts took the approach that he still wanted his guys surrounding him. And if he would have went for the guaranteed money, some of those guys would probably be gone.
1: Yeah, it, it is a, a big moment anytime he speaks after that contract, but you got to love everything he said. One team is on the brink of the second round for the first time in a decade. They're here because of a trade they didn't make. We'll explain that next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.